and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is actor and musician Damien Slade. Now, Damien is best remembered for portraying Johnny Gasparini, the paperboy from Better Off Dead. Now, we talk about the movie, the role, the line, the stunts, and everything else. I also remember Damien from an early short-lived Fox sitcom called Second Chance, which later became Boys Will Be Boys, starring Matthew Perry before Friends and Randy Heller, who was Dane LaRusso's mom from the Karate Kid movies. Damien played Eugene Bluberman, who basically was Screech before there was a Screech. We talk about that in, in the interview. Now Damien is a musician, having just released his very first album called Apotheosis. It piano, instrumentals, it's very, very engaging. Uh, we talk about that in length, and I hope you enjoy the music and the interview. And helping me relive my youth today is Damien Slade. Damien, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. All right, yeah, so before... How I was, are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from L.A., Bur- Burbank specifically. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So where, where are you originally from? Um, Pasadena. Well, I was born in Hollywood. Okay. For, uh, and I moved to Pasadena when I was about four, raised there, and, and then I, I've been, I've lived in L.A. County almost, almost my whole life. Okay. I was just in Arizona, I was in Arizona for like nine months last year. Right. Um, just basically to remind me not to leave California <laughs> anymore. Right. Right. Um, like, like they, yeah, and then they have these like super mosquitoes. And, and, yeah, every time I walk outside, I get twenty bug bites in like five minutes on my ankles and my arms. It was crazy, and then there'd be monsoon every week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm. I'm Property. like. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Connecticut, originally from New York, so in the East Coast, we get all the seasons. We, we get the extremes, you know, we'll get 110 yeah. degrees sometimes, we'll get three feet of snow, we'll get, you know, bitten up by, you know, mosquitoes and some things I've never even heard of, so it, it's, a, it's a nice variety of, of misery, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the idea of all the seasons. Like, to me, you know, I, my, my grandparents, my grandparents are from Michigan, uh, on, on my dad's side, my mom's side, Baltimore, Michigan. I lived there for a little for a little while, and it was fun to watch. I went in there on, in the winter and left in the summer, and so I got to watch the whole transition. And it was it was pretty. I I don't know. I like I like seeing the changes. It makes you feel like something's happening. Yeah, and, you know. And you never you never know when there's going to be a thunderstorm. Or, and here, nothing happens. Right. Ever. Yeah. Because fires. Yeah, I got, yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you close to the fires or no? Yeah, not, not, not far. Um, but it was a little, it was further up the, the valley, for, uh, more west. 
uh, in the valley, but I'll, it was here. Right. I yeah. Could see, you could see it in the sky, but it didn't touch our neighborhood. Okay, that's good because yeah, some of the video and pictures were like amazing. I know. Yeah, it was. I think it was the worst worst fire in history. Yeah, I can imagine. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But before we, we look back, I just want to talk about what you're doing now. Um, and thank you for sending me these videos because I love them. Um, they're on Vimeo. Uh, if you search Damien Slade, you started doing these cinematic sonatas, which you call them. I, I love the name. Uh, you have four of them on there. How did you uh, come about doing them? Um. Well, I've been a musician. Whole life, I'm just, I got my first drum set when I was four. No, that was my second drum set. <laughs> four, but the, uh, the first one was a kid's drum set. So I, uh, and then I, so I, I picked up on piano later, and and uh, but I, I, so I can, I can sort of play music easily without having to. I can play what I hear, but I with. But I couldn't write the way, like, I, I could play all the Beatles songs, and like, but I didn't, I, I couldn't write songs. Right. Very, very well. They always suck. Like, my, my <laughs> lyrics were, I, I could write comedy, but I couldn't write um, anything serious. It was just, it came out false. And so I gave up on the idea of, of uh, trying to pursue music for a living, you know, if I couldn't write my own music. Uh, and then I just one day I started I just actually the uh, I just started kind of doing this chord progression and it's in the the it's it's the, that song the when you see the in Tempest that right. really that the 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 really intense part that um that was the first song that I that I wrote and then. I just started. Just, I just realized that I could write um, things that sounded like classical or came from another de uh, another century. They just all the stuff I wrote seemed kind of like it belonged in, in a period piece, or some kind of movie. Um, it, it had that feel to it, and uh, that's what that's what I was able. That's what I can do. Um, because I learned, I learned differently. That so I guess I write differently. The way I do it, it sounds like it, it sounds a lot like classical, but it's not. But I write it like jazz. Okay. I don't. I it's all improvised. Maybe it's half improvised and whatever. Each recording's different until I finally get it right. And so I started doing that, and then and then someone said, "Well, why don't you make your why don't you make a." Why do you make fake trailers? Uh, well, like, find real trailers, turn off the sound, and make the music for it, for right. that. The so people will go, uh, in the industry will go, oh, he's a good uh, good writer um, for, uh, for scores. Uh, but instead, um, I was writing this one song, and there was, it was in Arizona, I just started to last year or this year and uh, uh, there was like my my wife's mom was uh, at the big house next to where we were and there was a there was like a woman 
who had who was dying of cancer upstairs that we didn't even know, but she was there. And my dad had just been killed in a car accident and a few months earlier. Oh, wow. So I was writing this song, and I had this whole theme of like loss and grief or something, and and so I ended up making a a, a, a movie about or like images of people who I respected who died too young, uh, like Amy Winehouse. Yeah. And uh, I just real what it was is I realized that the song I was writing was about that. So in a sense, so subconsciously. So then, so then it turned to a picture. So then images would spring up, and I and I turned it into a whole thing. And then so what what developed. Well, why why I call it a cinematic sonata? Well, it's for, first of all, Tempest is actually a sonata, but I call it that um, because first of all, I don't want people thinking it's a music video, right? Right, and uh, it's because and I call it Odyssey Records because the the music writes the movie instead of the other. It's like, yeah, it's not the. You can say the opposite. Where you have the movies all done, and then it's time for the music. I have the I I don't compromise the music for the film. The film, and so it ends up being very, very interesting storytelling because it's non-linear, but it makes sense too, in a way. Um, and that's that's how it came about. And it's got more and more into the film process. It, I have a background in film, obviously, and uh, studied it. And so, uh, as I go along, I get more and more into the cinematic element. Right. And yeah. that's a cinematic sonata. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah. In, yeah, in, in Tempest, which is the the, the longest uh, sonata, you had images of nine eleven, and you know. For me, that's you know hits close to home because I mean from the area and stuff like that. So was that something like when putting it together, you circled on like you really wanted to have images from that day in there? Um, not no, it wasn't like what happened was uh, uh, I had written the song that that it started off was that the middle musical number was called Tempest. I called it that, and um, and a uh, mentor, mine, one of my dad's ex, uh, my dad's old friends, um, he he put, he had this poem called Impasse, and he, and so he he gave me this poem to where he wanted to read out loud called Impasse, and he wrote it about himself, about feeling everyone's pain or like how, how like he, 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 he feels the, the sorrow, you know, like how it hurts him to be around people even though they're smiling, they're sad underneath or whatever. And so I thought, I was like, how, how am I going to make this into a movie? Because I didn't, I, I thought it sounds like, it's like if the person says that, then you get then it's, it's going to be hard to pull off, you know. But if you have like some sort of, or it sounds 
don't think it's coming from some kind of higher power or somebody watching over us, then it it, it could work cinematically. That's why and so I have the eagle sort of traveling and the eagle essentially becomes the plane, right? And but the um the reason for nine eleven was A like, how do I explore this? I decided to explore the subject of empathy because that's like, when that's the moment when people are more concerned about about somebody else than they are about themselves. And most of us are not in the state. It's not the most common thing, but it is universal. And, and it's a universal thing, but most of the time we're sort of lost in our minds. Uh, self-centered thinking about this or that, and uh, I wanted to show what what does it take to get a, a whole group of people to feel unselfish or empathic uh, for another group of people at the same time, and to show it and and, and, re, and to show it really happening, not not like making it up and and. Uh, so that was one reason. I wanted to show, I did the 9-11 thing. I wanted to show it from the point of view of the people watching, um, and 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 see it from so that so that you watching it, you feel the you feel empathy, right? And um, as you're watching it, you, it's like you become one of the people on the ground watching, right. you know, who's seeing this happening. Um, and the other reason is that um, I had seen all these time-lapse photography films, and and for a while I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I thought, dude, I was thinking, I was called Tempest, it should be about the weather, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at these things, and I'm, and I'm going, and they all have the same soundtrack. Thing crap. Uh, probably no actual instruments being played. Um, and I thought, um, Tempest is not about, uh, clouds moving, you know, it was, it was a really, that recording was, um, I must have been possessed when I made it, because <laughs> uh, it was really, I couldn't duplicate that if I tried, you know, um, exactly the same, and uh, I thought, I need to make this about something more than the weather and it was just just like okay 9 11 like that that the the foot oh the, the other reason is because i've been watching the ken burns documentary about new york i've okay. seen all the episodes right. before 9 11 but i never and when 9 11 happened i was not uh, uh i was uh I didn't. It didn't really get to me, you know. Right. So when when I saw the documentary like a year ago, and they showed the footage, but it was the footage with commentary and stuff, it really like, hit me, and I felt like, oh my god, like I really got what happened, uh, you know, so many years later, and uh, and so I wanted to tell tell that story. Uh, share that story um, again, uh, uh, you know. For and my my friend uh, Andy, who was in New York at the time, uh, she said uh, 
she found it comforting uh, to see. So apparently I'm not offending people from New York. That's good. Yeah, it's um, it, it was. I, you know, I watched it a couple times, and you know, it it, it hits you, but it, the music, like, it's I I wouldn't say it's like soothing, but it, it definitely, you know, it comforts you. I guess is a better way to say it. Yeah, yeah. That that last part with the um, with the soldiers, you know, like the tears. Yeah. Trying like that part. I think I, I just had the right I had the right musical um, thing that, to put through that and it, and it um, it really I think it's like, like it really really helps the first version I had was just the middle part <laughs> <laughs> and it just ends where everyone dies and it's like, like they, it goes down and that's it but um, I needed to stop that, you know. Yeah. So I turned, so I turned it into a three-part, three like a trilogy or a three, uh, three-act uh, film. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I had no because when you see the first with the eagle, and then all of a sudden you cut to the video of nine eleven, it's like, okay, you know, it's it's like totally, you know, unexpected. Right. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> um. It's supposed to be unexpected, but it's, uh, yeah, it has to be unexpected, I guess. But right. it has to, when you look back, it makes sense, uh, I hope. Yeah, because, I mean, the, that, uh, that whole day was unexpected, so it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right, exactly. It, it, that's how it was for, exactly, it, that's how it was for them, uh, for everybody. It was just like that. Everyone's just living their lives. And then what? What was that? Like you just you, so I like purposefully took the sound so there's no sound during the crash yeah. because it's like it's like it takes you a while to even realize what's really going on, and then the music builds as people kind of see what's happening. And um, yeah, yeah, I wanted to take make it a surprise, a, a, like like it was for everybody. Right. Are you uh, currently working on any more of them? Uh, I'm working on uh, something, um, but I'm working on uh, kind of really. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm working on a repeat of music right now, um, but it's not listening any images. Okay. Uh, so so. And, and it should be. I'm a little bit less miserable than I was last year, so <laughs> okay, that's it, good. it's weird. Like it's like it's it, it's how, like all that. My dad had died recently, okay. so when I made all those, there was a there was a uh, I could see it now. There was a whole sort of it was a catharsis, you know, in a way. And and the final one, you know, watching people grieve and there not being any solution or answer uh just they're gone and you and 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 it's real you know and and that's i was going through that uh too personally at the time and um 
but I do want to keep doing it um, um, and raise the production value so it's all licensed uh, footage. Uh, well, this one, uh, this last one, the last two were pretty, pretty, um, they're getting toward the kind of thing that I like, mm. that I'm, that I, where, where it's all kind of like some trip, like you go right. down some rabbit hole and it's, you don't know what you're saying, like, oh, that made sense. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the end of it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through, I guess something. I don't know what it is yet. Okay. <laughs> About how long? Like, did it? I mean, it, I'm if sorry. I sound like a snob. It's, I'd say the music tells me what it is, but that, that sounds, uh, uh, sounds like some kind of artist or something. Uh, trying to trying to sound important. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it sounds, I, it sounds like what a, a musician would say. So it, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How long did it take you to like do like you know come up with the music and then the Im- imagery for like one of them? It's really weird because uh, um, like when I when I when I, I work on a piece of music, sometimes that can take you know weeks or or months or whatever. I just I don't even know what it is. It does. I keep trying things and it takes shape and. Uh, the one for Bordeaux, that was like the most well thought out musical uh, piece. But, but then, uh, like on Black and Blue, it was um, I, I was like, oh, um, I had a beginning. I didn't have the right beginning, and I, I had I had this poem there uh, that I just used, and so I was like. But how do you, you don't want to start off with just a poem and make the ear read this. Uh, and it was really, you know, it was like death dances or, uh, anyway. Um, so I turned these uh, underwater mermaid type model theme, uh, women into a negative uh, image. And, and I just, oh, I, it needs a piece of music. So I just did it, and 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 that happens a lot. Where I'll just go, oh, I needed some music in this spot, and then I just I just actually just do it without even you know. There's no writing. I just I mean I do write it, but right. it just kind of takes a few minutes. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know where you know. It's like they say. Uh, someone said in this movie, I was just saying about. The, musical about um movie scores of people who make them and one of them said that guy who did the dark knight i think he said nobody knows where music comes from and so you know they're always afraid that a valve is going to get shut off right and you know because it's true I, and amy winehouse is the same way she she wrote that her first album and then she she just couldn't she was gonna she couldn't do it. It was a jazz album, and and she didn't have. She said I could write all day, but it, if it's crap, it's crap. She can't. Like she couldn't. It wasn't there. And uh, and then she had a breakup, and she was miserable, and all, and she was drinking too much. They, and they tried to get her to go to rehab, yeah. and she said no. And that's it, you know. 
actually true. Uh, uh, and um, and all and then suddenly through the healing process, all this stuff came out of her, and she then back to black came out through through that. And I think there's like two types of of music or two types of in many different forms. One of them is where it's it's clever and contrived. And if you and you can make it, you can kind of like, oh, I'm going to make this. Oh, isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? Or uh, it's same in acting. Where you go, I'm going to say this line this way and this line that way, and then I'm going to pause there. But it's it's phony, right? You know, it, it can it can come off okay, but then there's the other kind that's like you're sort of participating rather than dictating. So right. your mind is just sort of, you're like getting out of your own way. And then that, that's I think where the, the best music comes from. Like, I think it's how Bob Dylan would write those songs early in his career. Michael Jackson, you know, you see him in an interview looking all, just like saying, this, like just being in his own weird self and then he'd talk about music and he'd start going and he'd just go into another realm uh, like it was like he was taking over him and I think I think it's uh, it's just a mystery I don't really I don't really know right. <laughs> oh. yeah well, well I wish I uh, yeah go ahead oh no uh, you, you finish it's okay Oh, no, I was just saying, it would be nice if I, could, if I could just go, uh, I'm going to write a, this thing. My dad was a songwriter, and uh, he did that. You know, I'm going to write a song about this. I'm going to write a song about that. But, um, but to get really raw, to get really honest, you can't really intellectualize it. It can't really come from your sick. Like, it can be meaningful, but it needs, but not, but not like, not like, um, I'm going to say this, or it's going to sound, it has to sort of come out so that you're actually, like for me, when I write the music, it's, it's a form of communication, and it's, right. and it's a way where I'm actually able to speak in a voice that's more like myself than I can speak when I talk. Like, I can't, I can't communicate the person who wrote that music or made those films. People think I'm a, a funny guy, or, you know, uh, and then I come out with something like that, and, and it's a different person, but that's actually more like me than whoever I am right now talking to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, the, all, all four cinematic uh, sonatas are on Vimeo. I'll I'll put a link on those videos on on the podcast. But they're they're beautifully done. Uh, check them out. Um, something else you did uh, that people might not know, and it was it was very entertaining. Um, how did you come up with the web series Untreated? Um. Well, I had worked in. The- um, I had some experience uh, of being on uh, different sides of the fence and, uh, for, for, for a period of time. Years ago, I knew what it was like 
to live in a rehab. Okay. And it was like a wearing And so I, this was like, I had, this was years ago. Um, but, and I had been, that had been fine since then. Good. So it was since like 2003. But, um, I remember being there, and I just be like, this, "This is a TV show. These people are like insane," <laughs> and uh, and the characters were just so interesting. So I, I I thought it should be like a movie or something. I, I just had the thought like, "This is the kind of thing where I'm I, I, I'm I'm I have a knack for making things funny that shouldn't be funny." Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, and I thought, I'm going to make, like, I thought, this is a comedy. Like, every movie you see about addiction, it's so, so dramatic. But that's from the outside in, looking in. But if you're actually inside mm-hmm. that world, it, it's it's not, there's no, there's no, like, violins playing in the background. It's, it, it, it's like... People can say the stupidest shit, and they'll be like, you know, I'm here for me today, or I'm, or they, they, they or they'll be like, like, they'll, like, they'll say, uh, that thing about, you said you're more humble than me? Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> you think that was based on a real story? Okay. I mean, that really happened. <laughs> right. That was, uh, Quincy told me about that, so I just put it in there. Yeah. Um, and the, the gem character, um, was actually based on a, a girl that I hooked up with when I was <laughs> right. in, 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 in rehab, and 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 she was this horrible. Well, I mean, she was she would draw these really you know these cutesy pictures with, with rainbows, yeah. and she was a model, and um, and she she like. And then we were talking about how it's like, you know, I know they say that you're not supposed to, uh, how you're, you're not supposed to get in a relationship in your first year. We weren't even, at, we were still in detox, right? <laughs> so I'm going, oh, you know, but if, but if, but if God puts somebody, like it's just right. rationalization. I started bringing God into it. And then of course now it's God's will, so fuck with everybody else. <laughs> and, and we were both like, we didn't expect this to happen. And um, she got out first, and then I got, I got out. And uh, and so we we tried to, we, we it didn't go well. Oh, right. But <laughs> <laughs> when we, yeah, she was like disappear, and then comes like she was she when she went out, she was on this, uh, she was. A, I never saw anybody drink like that. It <laughs> looked like he still has such an insatiable desire right. for drugs. But I, she was, she was, she was a toxic mess, and I was kind of like along for the ride. And and, and when I got after about a week, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going back in." And yeah. that was that was that. So and so. She's based on a real person. Shorty's based on a real girl. That I <laughs> Shorty, <knew>. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Rich is based on a, a real person okay. named Rich. 
uh, who, who he was a friend of mine. Um, and uh, Dr. Stan is not based on a real person, but the name was the same. Okay. Um, Gregor, Gregor, uh, oh, the, 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 the big black guy. Uh, oh, he was great, Freddy. yeah. <laughs> He's based on about half the staff. Right, okay. They're <laughs> <laughs> all like that, yeah. you know. And they just, and it's the idea is they these meaningless quotes and, yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know, I, I don't mean to be, yes, I do. I mean, I, 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 I've had a lot of experience testing some of the theories that, that, that they say, like, uh, oh, serenity is the, is the, is the, is the key to all my problems is, is, is lack of serenity or uh, acceptance is the answer to all of my problems acceptance is the answer to all of my problems right. and I'll have whole meetings I'm like okay that's so not true because there's so many times I need to not accept things <laughs> it, we, it, you know like someone comes and hits you in the face you just accept it and you know it's not that simple life is really complex and everybody's looking for these simple answers and so they'll take like one piece of a philosophy and make that the entire aegis of the world and they don't grow and so i'm i i spent a lot of you know years uh, going to meetings and stuff and and i would just hear this this you just hear people say things and then you 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 know what they you can see they're saying things on top of what they're thinking as almost like an argument in their thoughts. Like they'll say, like, uh, you know, well, like, like my dad wrote a song called uh, I'm Not Leaving to My Mom. Right. But he left. <laughs> so what it really was is, a, is that he was thinking about leaving. Yeah. Right? So he wrote a song saying he wasn't going to, but really all he was revealing was he's leaving. Huh? The, the, he was 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 what was going on in his mind was a, was a was a struggle, and he makes these statements that he wishes were true, uh, and it just it just it's just a window into the opposite uh, what uh, what's going on inside, and, and that's kind of like where this that kind of thing is like. People who are in recovery, especially early on, but a lot of times their whole lives, they they don't have they, they don't see themselves. They don't see their own behavior. They they can see other people's behavior, but they can't see themselves. And and that's why everybody's so nuts. So <laughs> Uh, and and, and uh, the rest of development is kind of, is a, reminds me of that show, I think. Yeah, it definitely has you know tones you know similar to that. A little bit of Office, perhaps as well. Yeah, yeah well, the, the, it was direct, the director. It was like the Office. Quincy uh, uh, was the director. Um, but as a as a writer, it was it was kind of it reminded me of the rest of development. Um, but yeah, it was sort of like a combination of the two. Yeah. Were you like looking to shop it around to like make it like a sitcom, like you know, somewhere? Well, that was the plan. Right. Uh, the, the 
And I, I hadn't seen the show since we made it. That was in 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I can't believe it's been that long. Right. But I went back and watched it and, uh, recently, and I was like, well, this was actually good. What is that? It was, it was actually better than I thought, and, uh, than I remembered it. Um, that's, that, yeah, we made that, we were, we made that as a, well, I, I, it was my idea, I hired Quincy, and the, and the, the concept was that we were going to make a blueprint to show to, uh, executives, TV executives, but at the time, it, 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 it was right after the, it was during the recession, and, the, and there weren't that many shows coming out anyway. Right. Um, now, uh, it seems like, I mean, there's, there's, too, there's so many shows, it's unbelievable. Yeah, there's so many streaming um, services. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a bit, yeah, it did make it to be a, a real show. That was, that was the, the point, but, uh, so, uh, whatever, I don't know. Right. It, who knows? Yeah. And the concept is still the concept, the show's still the show, so maybe some little... Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, about that. Yeah, but people want to watch it. It's on YouTube. Just search "Untreated" the series. And I think if you search uh, your name, Damien Slade, it, it comes up as well. It's f- you know five episodes. It's also, uh, yeah, it's also on um, Vimeo. Uh, VimeoPro.com slash Damien Slade slash Untreated. I believe something like that. It's 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 an album. Or, or a portfolio. It's prettier. Okay. It's the same. It's the same show. Okay, cool. There was supposed. There was supposed to be ten episodes. I wrote ten episodes. Right. It was gonna. End, it was gonna end with him relapsing, and it was in a, in a very, a very realistic way, which is like two seconds and it just happened. Right. But uh, I didn't. Uh, uh, I was I was paying for it. Oh, I was okay. My wife and I were paying for every episode. Wow. Okay. Uh, so after a while, you start to get pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pay all that money. Um. So anyway. Right. That's that story. That's the story about intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's 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 good. It's it's entertaining, and uh, hopefully down the road it could be revisited. Yeah, that would, that would be cool. It's a good, it's a good contest. Yeah, definitely. Um, one other show I want to ask you about before we get to Better Off Dead. Um, Second Chance. Now, I remember when it first came out, I, I watched it. You do? Yeah, I, I do, because, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Married With Children was, when Fox obviously just started, so they had, right. you know, very, very few shows, and I remember that one, and the premise was, was, uh, was interesting. I, I watched a couple episodes, you know, recently again, and the humor, it's, it still holds up. I don't know why, I mean, I obviously, I, mean, I know why the ratings and stuff like that, but when they revamped it to, like, I think it was like, Boys Will Be Boys, it just didn't have the same yeah. feel as Second Chance. Uh, your character, uh, Eugene Blubberman, um, was kind of like a precursor to Screech on, like, Saved by the Bell. I think, actually... He was speech. I think. I think. I think that that's what they did. I, I actually think that that I 
because it's too similar to the way that we dress. Yeah. And uh, I even I even read for Screech. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> but um, the yeah, I'm pretty sure that 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 character came directly from from when I played yeah I think yeah because you had had the the outfits um, you were hanging out with with people that you had no business hanging out with much like Screech yeah 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 and he had the he had the he had the the wasp wasp cool uh, friend and he had the the motorcycle uh, darker uh, hair kind of olive skin uh, cool friend yeah booch Uh, just just like booch and and Matthew, Chaz, uh, Chaz Perry. Yeah. Yeah. And then if people uh, uh, remember the Karate Kid, uh, Daniel LaRusso's mom, Randy Heller, was the mom in the show, too. <laughs> yes, yes. And she's the one who um, came up with the name Boys Will Be Boys. She's the one who, who thought of that right. title. Yeah. Now, like, uh, when, um, when you guys, obviously, when they kind of, like, halted the show a little bit and they revamped it. What, what were you, like, the cast's, like, you know, thoughts about it? I'm sure you're just happy that you still had a job, but, like, what were your thoughts about the whole change of the show? What happened was, um, so, um, Kyle or whatever, uh, the one who was played the, the lead in the first seven episodes, yeah. The Second Chance. Yeah, Kyle Martin, well, right? he wasn't, yeah, he was not a funny Okay. I mean, it, it it just wasn't working. He was not a comedy actor. Right. Was, he, he was on like Hill Street Blues. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Right. Right. So 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 it didn't trans. It didn't didn't work too well. Uh, Matt, Matthew Perry was. It's so funny because he was only seventeen when he started. And he he was still the just, just already had that that he that character. Matthew Perry, like, was already fully intact, you right. know, back then. Um, but they changed it because um, it wasn't working. And I okay. guess this is like the, the age of, and the people who were executive producing it had done Happy Days. Okay. So I think they wanted to make it more like Happy Days. Right. And, um, and it was supposed to be about the three of us. But then they, It's funny because, um, t- to be honest, I only watched the episodes of Second Chance because I-, I watched, I guess, the the second pilot and the, you know, you know, boys, will be boys, and I'm like, eh, I just really couldn't couldn't get back into it. I remember watching it when I was younger, right. but you know, I don't, I don't remember you know most of those episodes. So I kind of stopped watching. Um, but if anyone wants to see them, they're on they're also on YouTube. Uh, 
I think all of them are, are on YouTube. Just search uh, Second Chance Boys Will Be Boys. You'll see Matthew L. Perry and, uh, you know, the, the original Screech, the OG Screech, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's no way they didn't steal that freaking character. That's okay. Oh, yeah, no, it's, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, this is, this is what they base Screech off of. I mean, it's like a dead ringer, pretty much. Yeah, you're the first person to 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 notice that, to say anything about that. But I I I I thought I figured that years ago. Like, what the fuck? Is that? Not wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I, even I even wrote that in my IMDb bio. I was I was writing my own bio on IMDb pretending oh, okay. not to be me and and writing like really detailed stuff that nobody would know and, <laughs> and uh, um, and I mentioned I'm glad that the show that keeps going because then I'd be remembered oh yeah as that character instead of instead of uh, the two dollar kid I mean I would I'd, I'd much rather be remembered for for those characters like the that I played in the movies with the tough kids yeah, that 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 character. Right, right. Yeah, you know. Speaking of the two dollar kid, um, John, you know Gasparini. Um, the movie's, you know, it's it's a cult classic. I mean, obviously it bombed when it first came out, but you know it, it got life. Yeah. You know, all, all these years later. Um, I'm not going to ask you all what you remember about doing it, but like. like <laughs> maybe, I mean, because yeah, you know, because you answered that nine million times, but a few things like. Some of the stunts, I'm sure you didn't do like majority of them, but some of them must have been cool that the ones you actually did do, right? Uh, I was on top of the car. Right. Not just during the close-ups. Uh, it was moving and I broke the windshield <laughs> with my newspaper to replace it. Uh, um, I was... That was the, what was it, the, in the um, Dodger Stadium? Yeah. When, At the end, that was yeah. Me. Okay. That was me. Uh, there was supposed to be like, there was a close-up of me turning, you know, looking right and looking left, and then it panned, but they cut that part out. Right. And that was me. And I actually filmed on the same day the my close-up shot from, with the helmet on, as if I was up in the, the mountains. I actually was sitting on top of a, of a car. Okay. Uh, at Dodger Stadium. Right. In that shot. Uh, when I put the helmet down. Like that. Yeah. I mean, like... So I, I never actually... I never actually went to the... Uh, I, was never, I never got on that bike as a ski. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a little dangerous <laughs> for a 12-year-old. Yeah. But... Like, right. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty dark. I mean, you, you know, or your character going off the mountain. You know, it, it was it was a dark movie. I mean, I mean, it was PG back then because I don't even know if they they had PG thirteen yet. But it was uh, you couldn't get away with half the stuff in that movie now. Oh yeah, I, 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 I you know, I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm like. I knew that it did nothing happen. Like, like when it came out, it was it got a re lackluster sort of review. Right. And uh, and I didn't I didn't really 
like it that much, to tell you the truth. Okay. I thought the first half was good, and then I thought the second half was like too romantic or whatever. And it, it, but it wasn't until I saw it uh, three years ago uh, with an audience who, right. who, who they were all uh, fanatics about the sh- about Better Off Dead and I, so I saw it in, a, in an audience in a theater with a the, the full audience and uh, and they laughed and I, I it was like I, I saw I saw it from their point of view Instead of from my own, right. when I would watch it, I would just it would all just bring up memories or something. So, um, so then I thought, then I understood uh, that I like this is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's like I don't know how aware of the movie I would be if I wasn't in it. Um, but sometimes people will quote me. Yeah, in front of me, not knowing that it's that you, it's me. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Or say like someone brought up John Cusack, and then they're like, "Oh, you, you know his best movie was," and here I am standing right there. Like I'm, at, I, yeah, I'm like driving a van for yeah. people on the work. I'm working, right? And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that was me." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, I know, like, you know, it's, it's an autobiographical movie, right, for Savage, Savage Steve Holland, but was anything, like, about yeah. your character, like, did you bring anything original to that character, or that was all scripted? Oh, um, I, 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 I did bring something to that. Uh, I didn't know that I did. <laughs> uh, I thought I had just gotten sort of freak luck to get that part, but it was I um I had a I had a picture already taken where I was frowning in a leather jacket and I had a I had my own um, switch comb and everything at <laughs> home. I I actually had those things and uh, but uh, I I. Nobody told me how to play that part. Okay. So it, it occurred to me later that that ninety some I was like when I was in acting class I would I would I would play it the way that seemed normal to me and it, I just figured that was the way it was done and then I'd see five other people who would do the same scene after the fact and they all did it one way and I did it a different way. And sometimes my way would be much more interesting, but sometimes it would be way off. So it just seemed logical to me to be like soft voiced and like like just ready to murder him, you know, like <laughs> like uh, that. And I think about it, you know, there was no emotion. It was just like a, almost like a robot, like the Terminator or something. <laughs> and I think that that, that I, I doubt that other uh, actors approached it that way. For the, the chances are, for the most part, they would be like, I'm a man, like that, you know, like like what you would think, like a uh, sort of a bully 
kid would do or like go like, you know, uh, just kind of like your uh, the way I do it seems kind of goes without saying, but it isn't really. Um, I don't. He said. He said like he's like. I don't think he he expected anyone to read it that way. Right. Uh, so so that's what I brought to it. It was the char- the characterization of it, not the line. Right. I didn't improvise, but I did have a I did have a tape on it. It was much darker, I think, than than he expected, <laughs> and that's what made it funny. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really took my, I really loved playing um, the bad, you know, I really liked playing with the, the char- I can't play the character before that in the movie that was uh, a disco midget, <laughs> um, and I, and I uh, get, and I carry a gun and say the F word over and over again, there's two of us, me and another one who looks just like me. Uh, I mean, PJ Goland. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- shout out to. Anyways, that was 1984. And we get eaten by a giant rat. But that was my mm-hmm. first audition. I got it. And I was just like, and just totally not trying to be funny. And with a little kid, it's funny just because it's a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, your character is supposed to be menacing, but. You, you, you look at you and, you know, it's far from it. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's the story of my life. Right. <laughs> uh, on and off camera. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, you've, you, you've done some nice work since then. Thank you for a few minutes tonight, Damien. special thanks to Damien for joining us today. Go check out Apotheosis. It's on iTunes now. If you want to follow Damien on Twitter, he's at Slade Damien. Check him out on Facebook. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first TheFirstNoel19. Be sure to like the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes. Check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud. It's also on Podbean and Spotify. On Spotify, just search Reliving My Youth, all one word. Go to T Public for all your Reliving My Youth merchandise, t-shirts, onesies, mugs, stickers. A new episode comes out every Wednesday. Before we go, I'm going to play a song from Damien's album, Apotheosis. Here's Bordello. We'll see you next week. <laughs>